Hola, bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Marie. Before we get started with this episode, I have a quick question for you. What are you doing to improve your Spanish this summer? Summer is a time for vacations, for getting away, and you might even be planning on visiting a Spanish-speaking country. So it is the perfect time to improve your conversational skills because let's face it, if you've been learning Spanish for any length of time and you haven't been having regular conversations, you are going to fall behind. So this summer, we are not gonna let you do that. Here at Spanish Con Salsa, we are offering a summer boot camp. This is an eight-week boot camp that will focus on Caribbean Spanish and also Spanish grammar. So we're gonna be looking specifically at the past tense. A lot of people get confused between el imperfecto, el preterito, when do I use which one? And we're also gonna be exploring the Caribbean with Puerto Rican Spanish, Cuban Spanish, and Dominican Spanish. So you will have an opportunity opportunity to improve your Spanish and you'll also be able to attend regular conversation practice sessions facilitated by a native speaker all as a part of our Spanish fluency club this summer so if you are interested go to spanishconsalsa.com slash summer that's spanishconsalsa.com slash summer Registration is open now through Sunday. We have limited spots available. So if you're interested, I encourage you to press pause now before you listen to this episode. Scroll down to the description and click on the link or just go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash summer. Hope to see you in the boot camp. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Hola, queridos oyentes. Bienvenidos al este episodio bono del podcast Learn Spanish con Salsa. I'm Tamara Marie, and I want to welcome you to this special bonus episode of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. In case you missed it, I wanted to share with you a little bit of an excerpt from our live Spanish language group coaching calls that we had last week. I had so much fun sharing with you the five key steps that you should follow if you want to reach conversational fluency in the most efficient and effective way. But in this episode, I will share with you an excerpt because I think it's really important that we identify what is actually keeping us from reaching our goals. Now, I talk a lot in the session also about defining fluency because I think it's super important to define what it is that we're talking about when we say fluency because if that's our goal, we need to know exactly what it is. So I think a definition of terms is in order here. Uh, so I talk about that uh, in the session. But in this uh, excerpt, I will be sharing with you the five main things that are keeping you from reaching fluency. And these are things that can sneak up on us, right? They're things that we believe, that we may have been told, uh, or things that we've read about the language learning process, about learning as an adult, about how much time it takes to reach fluency. I'm going to let you know what the five main myths are that may be keeping you from reaching your goal. So here they are, the five myths keeping you from Spanish fluency. I'm going to talk about some of the common myths, right? Because usually there's one of these voices in our heads that we're hearing. Um, and spoiler alert, they're all lies. <laughs> but it's usually one of these things that is keeping us from reaching fluency. The first voice is la vieja. It's this old lady who believes that you should have started learning Spanish when you were a baby. You are absolutely never going to learn at this point, <laughs> right? If you didn't start from a baby, you'll never reach fluency. 
So that's one belief that a lot of people have. The second myth is that voice of the high school Spanish teacher. So for those of you who had to pick a foreign language in school, like I did in um, when I was growing up, uh, it was, okay, pick Spanish or French, right? So we all we also, in the beginning, may not have had an option. And then once we did, maybe the teacher who taught us wasn't the best teacher. Maybe we just didn't do well. So we might have this nagging voice in the back of our head from childhood that says, you're just no good at languages. And then there's la profesora. And this one is the one that is in the head of most perfectionists I know. As a, as a recovering perfectionist, I can say that with confidence. Um, this is that voice that believes that you must reach level C2, according to the Common European Framework of Languages, before you dare utter a word of Spanish. Because if you make a mistake, one little grammar or pronunciation mistake, then everyone's going to laugh at you, especially a native speaker. They're going to go home and they're going to tell all their friends that this gringo does not know how to speak Spanish and it's going to be the joke of the entire week, right? <laughs> That's what we erroneously believe. We really think that people are paying that much attention to us. Uh, but this is that voice of that nagging professora, that perfectionist that thinks you've got to get everything right before you even start speaking. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Native Spanish speakers do not speak with perfect grammar. I have gotten text messages. I remember this when I first started learning and I was um, texting with people like I would meet in language exchanges and I would go, wait, I learned that word. They're spelling that wrong. <laughs> How am I picking up their errors and their native speakers? And my Spanish was not that great at the time. Uh, and it's because there are certain things that are pretty common, like um, the letter B and V in English, right? In Spanish, they have pretty much the same sound. And a lot of people mix those up, right? So, you know, they're native speakers. So you, I would dare you to tell them that they're not fluent. So Spanish has a lot of variation in the way it's spoken. People have varying degrees of um, education levels as well. There's so many factors. So if you're looking for this perfect Spanish, it does not exist. And even if it did, <laughs> native speakers don't have it. And by the way, secret number two, you probably do not have perfect English grammar and spelling either, but I dare you to say that you're not fluent in English, okay? So let's try to keep these aside. And first, of all, I want us to recognize them, but I want us to also recognize that they're not true. Then we have the time cop. Love this guy. He's the one that just believes you don't have enough time to be fluent, right? You can spend you know, all the time you want and, and trying to figure it out, but you're never gonna get to fluency because you need to spend your full attention, your full time in your life studying the language, you need to reach 10,000 hours of practice. How many of you have heard this 10,000 hour myth? In order to get fluent in Spanish, you need 10,000 hours of practice because that's the number of hours you need to do to master any skill. And unless you have the time to commit full time every day, it's not gonna happen for you, right? That's a voice that's in our heads. We also have the nomad. I have to quit my job and go live abroad in Mexico, España, Argentina, Colombia, Costa Rica. If I don't move to a Spanish speaking country, I'm never going to be fluent. That's the nomad's voice, you know, ready to sort of, you know, move. And it's, and it's nice to travel. I love traveling. The experience is enriching. But I want to challenge this myth that immersion only takes place when you're living abroad. Kayla is one of our uh, earlier members of Spanish Con Salsa, and she actually has Cuban heritage. And when she joined, 
She had been around family members who spoke the language, but she just never, you know, became fluent. She really struggled with her confidence. She didn't feel like she could talk to her own family members in Cuba. But it wasn't until she put the effort into learning Spanish on her own while she was at home and she did not live uh, in Cuba. It wasn't until then that she even felt comfortable traveling on her own because normally she would have someone with her that spoke Spanish and that was kind of her crutch. Once she got the confidence to speak the language, then she was able to travel solo. And then she surprised me with this one. She decided recently, she just moved this past year, actually during COVID, she moved to the Dominican Republic. And she said she would not have felt confident to do that had she not started speaking first. Now, obviously we usually don't think about this, but obviously travel in and of itself is stressful, right? You got to figure out where you're going. You got to spend money on things. You got to find out food. You got to hope you don't get food poisoning because you're in a different country, like all these things. And you think that that's the ideal learning environment when you're stressed out or even worse, you move somewhere abroad, you relocate, you don't know the language. You've got to, you know, figure out where you're going to live. You've got to do all these things in a language that you're not familiar with, you're not going to be super comfortable. So I actually would argue that this nomad has it backwards, that in actuality, you need to do your your own sort of immersion first. Um, we'll talk about some ways to do that before you just decide to move abroad. And in fact, there's people, and, and raise your hand in the chat, let me know. If you live in a in a country where English is the dominant language, which I'm assuming most of you do because you're in the United States, how many of you know of people or communities where you live where there are people who do not speak English, right? And this is not to get into the debate about should people learn English. <laughs> it's not what I'm, what I'm trying to say. But recognize, yes, there, there are communities where people live, they're able to get by in their own languages, and they never really have to learn English to get by. The same thing happens to people when they move abroad. There's a huge community of expats in Costa Rica, for example, who are from Europe and the United States, Canada, and they have a huge community there. And there's some who've been living there for years and do not speak Spanish. So there's a myth that, oh, you're going to get fluent if you're just around the Spanish language. That's not actually how it works. So which one of these characters is keeping you from fluency? Is it the Spanish teacher? who believes that you're just no good at languages because you weren't doing it well when you were a child, la vieja that believes that you had to have started from when you were in the womb or you're never going to speak with fluency, la profesora who thinks you've got to get it perfect before you start talking at all, that time cop who just keeps telling you, you don't have the time to do this. There'll never be enough time in your life for you to get fluent in Spanish. You're too late and you need to, to quit your job <laughs> and make language learning a full-time thing. Or the nomad who really does believe that they're not going to reach fluency until they actually just live in Spain for a year. So which one of these things is in your head? Which one of these voices is bugging you? So Selena's saying la profesora and the nomad, Chloe the nomad, Gary the time cap and la profesora, Yemi la profesora the nomad, time cap and the nomad. Okay, yeah, so we have like a, a mix of these different things, right? Kind of going on in our heads. And the only thing that I want to really bring to your attention about these is one, to acknowledge that if you see other people type in the chat, we all have these, uh, these voices, right? These, these myths that are brewing in our head that we believe. But the second, the most important thing is that none of these are true. 
I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I wanted to take a quick break just so that you could hear from some of our members. Now, I'm sure you know by now that this week we have opened the doors to our community, the Spanish Fluency Club here at Spanish Con Salsa, and we're super excited to invite you to become a part of our group of aspiring bilinguals, and I know that you'll get a lot out of it, but I really wanted you to hear from some of our members themselves. So uh, in this quick break, I want you to hear the experience of some of our members, and you never know, maybe uh, 90 days from now, you'll be hearing your own voice on this podcast. So just listen to uh, some of the experiences of our members, and then we'll get right back to the episode. Hola. Me llamo Sunny, soy miembro de Spanish con Salsa. Hi, my name is Sunny. I'm a member of Spanish con Salsa. I have never done a testimonial for anything before, but I have had such a great experience with Spanish con Salsa. I've not really been using apps as much because Spanish con Salsa has so much that it offers. I feel like one of the biggest things that it has helped me overcome and in a gradual way and a fun way is being more comfortable speaking Spanish out loud to native speakers. There's a lot of support and there's a personal touch and I feel really lucky that I've been able to find Spanish con salsa. I've been trying to learn Spanish for a little over a year and a half. It was getting redundant. I was getting stuck. I am no longer bored. I'm excited for every class. For me, if I didn't come across Spanish con salsa uh, to, you know, take the Dominican uh, course, then I would have been lost. And then just being being surrounded by people, you know, that only speak Spanish, that helps me too pick up my Spanish, you know, just sitting there listening, taking it all in, because before I would be nervous to speak. When I first started Spanish con salsa and even to when I first came over here and even was going to Puerto Rico, like I'll always be quiet and I always be like, I hope this person doesn't say anything to me or I want to start a conversation. <laughs> that hola, como estas? And then nada más, like nothing. Right. <laughs> like, I just hope no one doesn't approach and speak to me. But now I'm just like, I speak and like, I say my, my Spanish is not perfect, perfect yet, but everybody understands me. Vale. La pena, vale la pena. It's worth it. Everyone I've worked with made this fun, easy, um, made me feel comfortable. They're, they've been, like you said, kind, um, encouraging, um, insightful. Being in a class when you're a beginner and a teacher can spot it or a coach can spot it, sometimes they, they, they work with you. They may not call you first. I've noticed that. I'm like, thank you for calling me last. And then if, you know, they, they, they gauge, they're good at gauging each student. And, and it, it's been a welcoming environment. So I say, go for it. <laughs> you have nothing to lose, everything to gain. And then some. Hola, everybody. My name is Beverly and I'm a member of Spanish Con Salsa. I can tell you firsthand that it does work. Spanish con salsa is the total package. There are lessons on pronunciation, grammar, you have group classes, private tutoring classes, lessons about the culture. It's excellent. 
one of the main things that I like about it is that you find yourself studying even when you don't want to study. You find yourself repeating the lyrics. Because of that, it makes it fun. You're learning complex sentence stru um, structures and grammar all the time. There are many programs out there right now for Spanish. However, if you want a program that's going to be enjoyable and will help you to learn quickly, try Spanish con salsa. Trust me, you won't regret it. If you'd like to join us in the Spanish Fluency Club, go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash join. Doors are open this week only. Okay, let's get back to the episode. And if you believe one of these, I invite you to put these voices aside. Let's let's put them like that, you know, in those uh, cartoons where you have like the devil and the angel on your shoulder. Let's pretend these are all like El Diablo, the devil is put them aside just for the rest of the session. You can go back to believing it later if you want. But just try to suspend the belief that these things are true um, as we talk. And we will hopefully get you to see that that's the case as we get through this session. If I accomplish just that, I'll be happy if you just <laughs> shed one of these, um, you know, they're really limiting beliefs, right? When it comes to um, reaching fluency. The truth though, la verdad, is that there are only three real reasons that people fail to reach fluency. And again, very simple, as simple as the definition of fluency. One is they're lost. This means they don't have a clear goal and they don't have a plan. And how you know if you're lost, is very simple. Are you able to clearly state your Spanish goal to me right now? What is your current goal? Or can you just tell me a list of random things you've been doing in Spanish, right? So if I was to ask you, look, all right, what's your goal right now? You say, oh, you know, I downloaded Duolingo and I've been doing that and I got up to like a certain lesson that's been doing good. Oh, and I listened to the podcast too. The podcast is really good. And, you know, I'm planning to go to Mexico. I really want to go to Mexico. I want to be able to talk to people while I'm there. And that would be fun. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I signed up for a couple courses. I kind of was doing it for a while. Like if that sounds like you, <laughs> that's the only reason why you call me out like that. <laughs> I'm calling all of us out because that's what we do, right? That's kind of like human nature when you don't have a plan. Um, that's, that's what it is, but we're going to correct it today. So don't worry about it, Selena. <laughs> but that's how you know if you're, if you're lost, if that's the reason. Reason number two is you're distracted. I call it shiny red ball syndrome. Or if you used to like the squirrel, like like dogs always being distracted by like things running by. And this is a lack of focus. When you are chronically distracted, it is almost impossible to make progress because you're always going from thing to thing. You don't do anything long enough so that it works. And if you listen to the podcast a few weeks ago, we talked about language learning types. This is like the dabbler, right? The person who's always kind of in different things. And how you can know if you have this shiny red ball syndrome is this. If you're not on your phone already, pull out your phone and let me know how many apps and courses you've downloaded related to Spanish that maybe you've never opened or there's courses that you've bought and never finished. How many apps do you have on your phone? How many of them do you actually use? How many of them have you actually gotten through a full course or session or level or whatever they have on the app? And how many have you just not made progress with? Well, Gary says 10, Yumi says four. You know, three and use two. Wow, Ryan, only one. That's good. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a thing, right? We can download anything on these devices and we think, yeah, 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 this is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> but we don't follow through. Miriam says five, Rochelle and Chloe's three, Latanya three, I haven't finished any of them. Yeah, so this is how you know if you're if you're distracted, right? 
Uh, if you only have one, for those of you who only have one or zero, like Cynthia, then this probably is not what's keeping you, <laughs> you from fluency. Reason number three is the loner, right? If you just kind of feel like, look, I'm going to do this on my own. The problem is that you lack a support system, right? And if any of you watched the Olympics, put your uh, like hands up in the chat if you watched any part of the Olympics that happened recently, or at least like the medal ceremony. We saw everyone get up on the podium. And you had like the gold, the silver, the bronze, right? That person that won the gold in the middle, when they interviewed them after, what did they say? Did they say, oh, I did this all by myself? Or do they say, I want to thank my coach, I want to take, thank my teammates, I want to help all the people that helped me get here, my hometown, people that rooted me on. I don't know if you guys saw when Simone Biles went home and the parade they had for her. There's a whole community behind this gymnast who's a, she performs, when she performs, she goes out there on her own. But she had a team with her, even if she's doing solo events, that helped cheer her on, they cheered her on when she was struggling. It was really a beautiful thing to watch. So if think about this. If an Olympic athlete who's performing at their highest level <laughs> has all of this support, hola Karen, como estas, has all of the support behind them, why would you think that you could just do something on your own and, and be effective and successful? You know, and of course there's things you can do on your own. I'm not suggesting that. Um, it just takes a little bit longer that way. And if that's why, if if that's kind of where you're at, that might be the reason why you haven't got to fluency yet. And the problem with each one of these, with being lost, being distracted, trying to do it all by yourself, is that they're all enemies to being consistent and consistency is really the key to reaching fluency. I hope you enjoyed this special bonus episode. And as always, I hope that something you heard today has helped you go one step closer from Spanish beginner to bilingual. Hasta la próxima. For listening to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com.